What I love most about Mi Gente is our community and how important it is to take care of our own. Hey, it's Honey and Carolina. On our podcast, Life in Spanglish, we talk about how important being there for your loved ones is. Pero también sobre lo importante que es tener a alguien dispuesto a apoyarte cuando lo necesites, como lo hace State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Ah. Feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. A mentor, and uh, it's a book that's blessing so many people uh, around the country, and churches are using it, and pastors. It's going to be a great resource for you and your congregations, I believe it, because sometimes uh, there needs to be a strengthening of the relationship between the man of God and the people that that man of God leads. And, uh, and so uh, in all of that, and we'll, again, take more time tonight and throughout the week to honor all of the pastors that are here with us from um, both that uh, just came to be with us. And then those are also that a part of our fellowship and is more coming in, et cetera. Uh, we'll do that. But pastors, this is a great book, great resource. He's a general. He's been preaching for many, many years and uh, has preached on uh, every major platform that you can preach on. And so I said, Bishop, well, I'm honored that you thought enough uh, to come to uh, 14100 East Jewel Avenue to come and be with me. He is my friend and, uh, and I love him and I'm so grateful uh, for, his, uh, for his life and all of the wonderful things that he does. He is fresh from Denver International Airport. When I say fresh, I mean super fresh from DIA, but uh, I'm in great anticipation and expectation. I know you will receive him well, and the pastors, I encourage you to draw on the apostolic that's in him, and uh, it's going to be a great blessing to us all. It's a morning session, which means you registered, which means you came hungry, and so y'all ready to eat? Stretch your hands toward the man of God. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, blessed be the man who comes in the name of the Lord. Speak, Bishop. We hear we will obey. Would you stand to your feet and honor the man of God and give him a warm 5280 welcome, Bishop Randy Borders. Well, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Um, I'm just, I'm honored because your, your pastor is a gift and a jewel. Amen. Um, there's a, I just wouldn't do this for anyone. Last night I was in Atlanta. I could not get a flight out of Atlanta, so I had to drive uh, four hours to Charlotte uh, in order to catch a flight to be here this morning. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Uh, my, my wife and my staff was like, tell me, that you're doing what again? I said, just don't worry about it. Uh, but but there's, there's a word from the Lord. I need to share several things. He's told you about the book. Uh, it has is, it is blown my mind, the response that we've gotten to it, uh, because people are learning how to tap into what the pastor has. If we can, over the next uh, day or so, or the days that you're here, tap into what God has given your leader, it's going to give you a quantum leap. I was coming on, uh, well, I was not just on the plane. I was rounding the curve, uh, driving, riding with speed racer. And, you know, I was binding devils everywhere. The spirit that was harassing the man of God's mind and making him drive like he was working for NASCAR. I was doing all of that. But um, the Lord gave me a passage of scripture, which is, which is the word of the Lord. And I'm going to share uh, several things. Uh, I just need my time up somewhere so I can see uh, what, what I'm working with. Uh, but uh, Ezekiel chapter number 12. Ezekiel chapter number 12. Now, this, this is it. Now, if you catch it, if you catch it, then we're, we're going to ride. If you don't, if you don't catch it, uh, I'm going to be mad. How about that? <clears throat> and, the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, what is this proverb that the people have? I'm reading out of the, is this the New King James? I'm reading out of the New King James. I know most of y'all don't know nothing about that, but listen. This, <clears throat> and the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, what is this proverb? Um, that, that they have about you in the land of Israel, in the city of Denver, or whatever city you're from. The days are prolonged, and the vision fails. Tell them, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will lay the proverb to rest, and they shall no more use the proverb in Denver or in any surrounding cities. But say unto them, the days are at hand, and the fulfillment of every vision. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like acceleration. For no, more, for no more shall there be any false vision or flattering divination in the house of Israel. Tell the people that what has been held up will not be held up any longer. Tell them the thing that has been, the thing that has been on delay, that the timing of it just hit now. There are some things that could not happen until you reach this point. There's a cataclysmic moment that's happening that's getting ready to catapult you into your future. Touch three people around you and say, I feel myself moving. He said, no longer say that it has been prolonged. No longer say that it is held up. Uh, he said, and no longer will you have any flattering divination. And flattering divination is what he's actually talking about. He said, you'll no longer have a vision that is not yours. A lot of times you go to conferences and you go to places and you pick up things and those things never work for you. It is because it really wasn't for you. But there is a place that God has ordained a string for you and ordained for you to be fair. And when you come into that place, that's where things are going to begin to open up. So I want to tell you in this opening session that this is not just church. This is not just a, a, another time for you to come together. This is an appointment with destiny. Things are about to be released. And he goes on to say, he goes on to say, he goes on to say in verse number 24, uh, for no more shall there be any false visions. Look at your neighbor and say, no more false visions. Uh, in the house of Israel. For I am the Lord. I speak and the word which I speak will come to pass. And it will no longer be postponed. Look at your neighbor and say, if he said it, he's going to do it. Look at your neighbor and say, no more postponement. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will say a word and perform it, says the Lord. God said, I say it and I'll do it. In this day, 
There was a time when you said you had to pray for five years. There was a time you said, everybody, let's fast, let's seek the Lord. But he said, in the day, in this day that I'm opening up to you, the day of acceleration, I'll say it and I'll do it. In other words, it'll be prophesied this week. You'll go home next week and you'll be walking in it. There'll be some things that God has shared by your soul. Okay, okay, verse, verse 26, it says, and again, somebody say again. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, look at the house of Israel saying, uh, uh, son of man, uh, look, the house of Israel is saying the vision that we see is for many days from now. And he prophesies of a time afar off. They keep saying it's going to happen. And this is what the Lord has for our future. But he tells them in verse number 28, therefore say to them. Therefore, say to the harvest. Therefore, say to Bishop Foreman. Thus said the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed anymore. But the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord your God. Now, I need about five people to give God praise like you know it's so. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to, y'all be seated. I don't know if I want to talk or run right now because there's been some things that we've been praying that God would perhaps do in our future. And God said, I'm getting ready to accelerate. In other words, I'm getting ready to take time out of the equation. As long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest remain. Well, what, what God will do is that God will take time out of the equation. I know I got that right because he said there's a day that's coming that the plowman is going to be overtaken by the reaper. In other words, you used to have to wait seed, time, then the harvest. But he said you're going to be the, the while you're pl- while you're you're putting it in the ground, plowing and putting seed in the ground. Before you turn around, it's already happening. Matter of fact, whoever put that seed down, I don't know what you seed for, but it's already something going. Ha- it's already something cataclysmic happening. Yes. See, every seed doesn't work in every place. That's why I'm from North Carolina. There's something in the chemical in the soil of North Carolina that caused cotton to grow. In Idaho, there's something in the seed, uh, in the soil of Idaho. The chemicals in the soil make uh, uh, potatoes grow. Uh, We don't grow cotton in Idaho. You grow potatoes because there's something about the chemicals uh, in the soil in Idaho that's good for potatoes. I want to tell you that this man of God is your dirt. And there's something about the chemical in the soil of his life that whatever you put in his life is getting ready to come up. It's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. It's coming up, it's coming up. And see, we don't give to you because you need our money. We give to you because we need your grace. In other words, if God is using you to be a builder, if God is using you to be a world connector, if God is using your voice to go around the world, that means if he's done it for the green tree, he's going to do it for the dry. If he's done it for our father, he's going to do it for the sons and daughters. Listen, he's going to do it for everybody that's connected. I want you to hit, I mean hit, hit about three or four people and say, you better be glad you're connected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, be seated. There's a grace. There's a grace. Now, I'm, you know, I, 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 my, my background is so varied. Uh, I got a little, little bit of word of faith in me. I got a little bit of Pentecostal in me. So I, I dance a little bit more than the, 
average bishop. And, and uh, yeah, is that good? I'm glad that's good. Because, cause like, you know, why y'all be waiting on the next word? I dance in between. When I, when I, pro- I prophesy and dance because, because I, I, I felt something just drop. And there's some things I've been believing God for. And if I'm in the room, see, see, what you got to understand is prophetic acceleration. If God said it to him, it's at least for about five of us in the room. And I say, that's my word. That's my word. It's going to happen in my house. It's going to happen in my house. Matter of fact, somebody need to get ready to move right now. You've been living, you've been living in that apartment too long. You need to get ready to move. You've been living at this level of income too long. A job opportunity, streams of income are coming to you simply because you're connected to the right place. Okay, we got 60 seconds and I need you to hit it. All right, cut the time off. Ow! Okay. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, sit down. Sit down. Because when I go home, things are changing. When I go home, where I had questions, there are going to be answers. When I go home, things that were prayers are now going to be a praise. Okay, y'all, y'all stop. Y'all, y'all, y'all messing with my time. Sit down. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7. Hallelujah. It, it, is, it is so important to, to know how blessed it is to be covered because everything that happens in this meeting is covered by a real strong prophetic anointing. And, and sometimes we're so familiar with the gift of God. We're so familiar with the person. Because when, when church is over, he's hugging on y'all and kissing on y'all and saying how much he loves y'all and always encouraging you. But sometimes you got to step back a minute and understand that there's a treasure in the earthen vessel. And you got to get the treasure. don't don't be trying to be too personal because being too personal sometimes causes you to be too familiar and sometimes when the man of God speaks a word you'll miss the word Uh, I I remember remember years ago uh, before I bought my first house I was at my pastor's conference and he said Brandy, that's what he called me, Brandy how you doing I said I'm doing good man of God and he shook my hand and said God bless you I called my wife and said we could buy the house and she said, how, how can we buy the house? I mean, what has changed? She said, because the man of God told me I could buy the house. Well, he really, he really didn't tell me I could buy the house. But what he told me was I was blessed. So when he released the blessing, that means that whatever I needed to do, I could do because I had been blessed by my father. So I bought that house. We went through a, a few things in ministry. And you will at time. Just keep living. And so I wanted to move. Uh, I had my heart had been broken. I just wanted to go to a new spot. Uh, and I saw, I went to my pastor's conference. 
And he said, hey, Brother Randy, how you doing? Come here and give me a hug. And, and then he, he, he came and, and embraced me, and he said, God bless you. I said, oh, God. He done blessed me twice. He said, God bless you. I called my, my wife wasn't there. I called my wife. I said, listen, I'm getting ready to move. She said, we can't move because we, we, got, we, we, we got this situation with the house that we're in. We don't want to sell the house. I didn't want to put the house on the market because if I put the house on the market, then people are going to think that, you know, everybody leaving and things bad. And, uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I drove around this community and I went and I, I just wanted to dream a little bit. So I sat on this man's porch and, uh, and I was just dreaming. And just so two of my guys were with me. They said, Bishop, you got to get off this man's porch because if you don't get off this man's porch, somebody will come and get us. I said, I just want to know what it feels like to be beside this water. I just want to know what it feels like to have the, the, the breeze from the water coming through. And so he's, they were like, Bishop, come get off that man's porch and come get in this car. So I got in the car, went home the very next day. Uh, a man by the name of David Wilson called me. He said, Randy, I hear you've been sitting on daddy's porch. I said, listen, I'm a man of God. I just wanted to dream. I just wanted to come by and just, just see what it was like. Tell your dad I meant no harm. He said, no, daddy wants to talk to you. I said, tell, tell your dad. Tell your dad I didn't mean no harm. I just wanted to sit on his porch. And then so he said, no, daddy wants to talk to you. He said, daddy thinks you ought to buy the house. I said, well, tell, tell your daddy, number one, I can't buy the house. Now, we're not streaming right are we? I, we can't buy the house because that house is a couple hundred thousand dollars out of my range. But I do, I do appreciate it. And one day I'm going to get there. Uh, and this has been about 15 years ago. One day I'm going to get Teddy Daddy. Said, he said, no, Daddy said he wants to see you. And I said, I cannot because I'm in a house and I want to buy a house. He said, Daddy said he's going to stop by your house today. So he comes by my house, and I said, man, listen, you know, I, I, I'm glad to meet you, I, and I want you to know that uh, I, I was just only going by there because uh, I wanted to know what it felt like. He said, I said, and I have a house, and I would have to sell this house before I would even think about buying your house. He said, well, I got a son, and my son needs a house like this. He said, so if I bought your house, would you consider buying my house? I said, even if I wanted to buy your house, you would still have to lower your house about $200,000 for me to even consider it. He said, if I lowered my house $200,000 and I bought your house, would you come? And I came to tell you that I sat at the table. I bought a house, sold a house because my pastor said, God bless you. Tell your neighbor, don't ever minimize the blessing. All right, be seated. I got, got a little ways to go. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter number 11. Don't have much time. I'm glad y'all get to come back tonight. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Everything ever came in my life came through a prophecy. It's the power, it's the power of prophecy. My, my daughter, we had received a word that my daughter was going to be born with Down syndrome. And uh, listen, I, I, if, if, if your, your child is challenged, I'm praying for you. But, but we, we were just really devastated by the news. We were in the eighth month of the pregnancy, and that was still our prognosis. And so we went to a service one night, and uh, Jackie McCullough called us out, and she prophesied to us. She said, she said the baby's going to be normal. There'll be no complication. Now, I wish... I wish you could see my wife eight months pregnant trying to roll on the floor. That was a whole nother story. 
But when I tell you that my daughter came out healthy, eight months we labored and we anguished and we didn't know how we were going to take care of the special needs baby, but I got a word from the Lord and God said, what was is not. Everything is going, I came to tell somebody there is a prophetic word over this meeting and whatever it looked like, the outlook has just changed. Y'all sit down. I, I didn't come to do that. Stop. Hebrews, I need to say a little something in the next 15 minutes so y'all know I can preach and y'all come back tonight. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 7. You know, y- y- you know I'm old. Y'all sitting up here in the dark and all the candle. I'm trying to see in all these shadows. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 11. I'm not going to mess up your flow. It says, by faith... Noah being divinely warned of the, you, you do know I got jokes for days, I, I, you know, but I ain't, I ain't going to say them, uh, Reverend, cut these lights on up here. Now, I love this. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things, somebody say, not yet seen. Move with holy fear, reverence. Move with reverence and prepare an ark to the saving of his house. I want to just talk for a few minutes this morning about a, a, a father's honor because you cannot, you cannot go into acceleration except you appreciate the person that God is using to move you. The, the, the Bible says here that, 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 that he tells Noah to create an answer for a problem that has yet to arise. So he said, I need you to build an ark. But when he tells them to build an ark, there's nobody seen an ark. But then he tells them that it's going to rain and nobody has seen rain before. But, but that's not even the most interesting thing is that he tells his sons. Noah then tells his sons and his daughter-in-laws, listen, we got to build an ark. Why we got to build an ark? Because God said build an ark. God never comes to the children and tells them uh, what he wants them to do. He never gives them the blueprint. He never gives them the diagram. They have to trust their father's relationship with God. They don't know what rain smells like. They don't know the effects of rain. They don't know what. But daddy said that rain is coming. So for 120 years, they got to preach about something that nobody else understands. When God gives you a real anointed man of God and gives him a word, he preaches in that acceleration form. In other words, while people, other people are preaching here, he's already preaching something that they have not yet seen yet. And then the challenge comes when God gives you sons and daughters who have to now repeat what you're saying and go into a marketplace where people call you a fool. They were calling Noah's sons fools. And I'm sure that every day that they didn't want to get back up and go to work again. But you know why they got back up? Because their daddy said God said and so because their daddy said God said they would then respond to the word of their father as if it was the word of God and God saw them watch their father go through all kind of you know you got to go through emotional challenges because it didn't happen in 10 years it took 120 how I must have felt in year 99 I've been preaching this same message I've been decreeing this same thing but it hadn't broke yet 
but he has to get up and go again because the job isn't finished. And I want to tell you that there is a word that has been spoken over the region and the job isn't finished. And the challenge is that how many can hear the voice of someone who has their mouth, to, their ear to the mouth of God to say what God is saying even though nobody else is saying it. And so now, this is the challenge. This is the challenge that, uh, that the man of God has. Now, y'all going to see me preaching from a book. It's not plagiarism. I wrote the thing, so y'all just chill. <laughs> and so this is, the pro- this is the problem that we have. The, the, one of the problems that we have is that we don't, under- we don't understand. We don't understand that how God uses the covering that's on the man of God. Go to Exodus chapter number 28 for me. And... Uh, yeah, I'm reading New King, King James to deal with it. Exodus chapter number 28. I love y'all. Y'all, y'all good people. Glory to God. And uh, what's your name? D? D, yeah. D, D gonna have to sit at the back tomorrow night. He gonna make me kill myself. Uh, uh, yeah, tonight D is gonna be in the back, strapped to a chair. I want y'all to go ahead and buy, buy the rope now because he, he got to go somewhere. Exodus chapter 28. And verse number one, it says, now take your, uh, now, now do I need to preach this like it's elementary or can I can preach it like y'all, y'all got a little, little knowledge. Look at somebody say, preach it on the next level. I'm glad you did because it's something I want to say. It said, now take Aaron, uh, your brother and his sons from among the children of Israel that they may minister unto me in the priest office. Aaron and Aaron's sons, uh, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Uh, is this your Bible? I see you wrote here fivefold ministry. I'm glad you did, because I'll go, I'll go right there. It says Aaron. The name Aaron means teacher. And then Nadab. Nadab means voluntary gift. One that goes here and there, that's an evangelist. Then Abihu means he is my father. That would be like the ministry of the apostle. And then Eleazar is mouth of God. That would be like the prophet. And then Ithamar means island of the palm tree. That's a stationary gift. Like uh, 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 it's the gift of the pastor because the palm tree has roots and then it, if you ever watch the storm comes on the coast of Florida the palm tree will lean all the way over but then it will straighten back up and yield shade or shelter or covering to those that come up under it since you put it there I thought I'd say something okay and, and so verse number 2 says and you shall make holy garments for Aaron his brother for glory and for beauty so they shall speak to the gifted artisan or yours may say the wise hearted whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garment to consecrate uh, him in them that he may minister in the priest's office. Okay, so he says, now listen, I need you to take Aaron and, and I need you to make garments for him. Now Aaron and his sons represent the high priest. There's always a high priest among the priests. Yeah, I mean, we are kings and priests under God. There's always a high priest among the priests. There's somebody that has the uh, superior leadership. It's about headship. And so I, what I need you to do is I want you to find the wise-hearted in the congregation, and I need them to make a, a, a garment for him. In other words, I don't need the high priest to cover himself. I need you to cover him. How do you cover the high priest? You cover the high priest uh, when you pray for him. You cover the high priest when he calls a meeting in the middle of the day, and you adjust your schedule to be here. You're making a covering for him. When you give, when you pay tithe, you give offering, you're covering the man of God. Why is that so significant? That's so significant because on the chest of the high priest are 12 stones. And those 12 stones represent uh, the 12 tribes of Israel or the families of the church. So when you see him leaving, he's not going to leave here in that little red and white shirt you see. He's going to leave in the covering that you put on him. But not only will he leave in the covering that you put on him, but he's going to leave with you branded on his heart. <laughs> 
which means he cannot separate himself from the ones that God has given to him. And so tonight, whenever he goes into prayer and the Holy Ghost comes on him and starts moving for him, it's not so he can quiver and shake. It is so that because when he goes into prayer, he takes you with him. Hold for just a second. I'm coming back for you. Uh, but he takes you into prayer with him and God goes into your future, start working out things for tomorrow. It had nothing to do with you, but everything to do with what he was covered in. Let's slip over to chapter number 29 and verse number, verse number 29. Am I doing okay? If I'm not yet, I will in a minute. Verse number 21, it said, The holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed in them, to be consecrated in them, and the son that becomes the priest in his place shall put them on for seven days when he enters the tabernacle of meeting to minister in the holy place. So now, not only do they have to make garments for Aaron, but now his son that's going to become the priest in his stead has to put on his father's garment for seven days. In other words, he must be perfected in the mantle of his father. Not four days, not five days, not two days, but seven. Seven is the number of perfection. See, some of us know everybody else's vision. We know what everybody else is trying to do. We just don't have the mantle of our fathers. Okay, let's go over to Exodus chapter number 30. It's the morning session, so I figure I could just run through the scriptures a little bit. Exodus chapter 30, around verse number 22. It says, moreover, the Lord spoke unto Moses and said, take unto yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, 250 shekels of sweet cinnamon, 250 shekels of, of, uh, uh, of uh, what, what is this word here? Of, of sweet smelling cane, uh, that's sugar. Uh, bless God, uh, that's the New King James. You know I ain't used to reading these words. I done memorized that from another version. What is this? Verse number two. <laughs> and 500 shekels of cassia according to the shekel of the sanctuary a hen of oil and you shall make from these a holy anointing oil an ointment compound according to the art of the apothecary or the perfumer and it shall be a holy anointing oil he said listen I want you to put these garments on the priest I want you to cover him but then not only do I want you to cover him I, I need that, that to be an a, a anointed covering in order for that to, uh, uh, the ointment or the anointing to be made I want you to take 500 shekels of myrrh. Myrrh is a bitter substance. You don't get anointed listening to somebody's CD. You don't get anointed reading somebody's book. You get anointed with bitterness, bitter days with your heart being broken, with people leaving the ministry and taking your heart with you, with people making you promises that they never thought they were going to be able to keep. And your heart is broken. And God said, I'm going to give you 500 shekels of myrrh. Then I'm going to give you 250 shekels of cinnamon. I'll let you have some flavor. let you have a conference and everybody come and tell you that they love you. And then I'm going to give you 250 shekels of cane or sugar. I'll let you, I'll let you meet your budget before the meeting happened. But then... But then he said to that, add 500 shekels of cassia. Cassia is dried flowers, which means that God will let some things bloom, then dry up right in front of your face. It's not because he did not love you. It is because that's what it takes to produce an anointing. So if you're following somebody that ain't never been through storms, that's never been through disappointments, I want to tell you, that's how you get anointed. Then he said to that, add a hen of oil. A hen is three and two-third quarts of oil. He said, and the oil is typified by the Holy Ghost. He said, I want you to add to this mixture, I want you to take three and, and two-third quarts of oil. And then that's why, that's why the oil has a fragrance. There's a fragrance to the oil. And I want to, the re, why should there be so much oil? Because I want you to know that there's more anointing on your life than the trouble that you've been through. There's more Holy Ghost than the good and the bad and the ugly. Somebody say, we are here because of the Holy Ghost. 
he says, he says, I want you to take the anointing and I want you to put it upon, I want you to put it upon the priest's garments. Never put it upon his flesh, which means his flesh ain't anointed. His personality, if you don't like his personality, just go talk to God. If you don't like the fact that sometimes visionaries are more like authoritarians. In other words, in the morning they're telling you to do something and they're mad by the evening because you ain't got it done. You got to get over all that and he has a treasure in the earthen vessel. I'm not trying to be his best friend. I want the treasure. So I don't get mad if I don't get the ride in the car. I don't get mad if we don't eat fish and chicken because I didn't come here to eat fish and chicken. I came here to be made in what God created me to be. Hallelujah to God. So I can look and tell your neighbor, I came to be made. I don't see my time. I don't see my time. I don't see my time. Okay, uh, my time. They saying preach. I won't go over my time. Okay, let me tell you about one other thing. So when God gives you a man of God like this, the man of God's responsibility is for circumcision. Y'all be seated. I tell people all the time, I don't carry on too much when all these preachers talk about birthing because I ain't never birthed nothing. I chill. Maybe I'm up push. I don't be doing all that because I ain't. And by the same token, I tell women, chill when we talk about circumcision because you really don't know. Don't know. And so the Bible says that it's a job of the father on the eighth day to bring the son into the temple so that he could be circumcised. Because at circumcision is where they got an identity and a name. You name the child a circumcision. People want to wear our name, but they don't want to wear our mark. Which means the circumcision is the cutting back of the flesh. The part that is unnecessary. In other words, the reason that, that, that the circumcision takes place is because, because that skin, that, that nasty piece of flesh holds bacteria in yesterday's urine. And he's got to get rid of that part that is unnecessary. So when it comes time for you to reproduce, you can do it with ease and without disease. And so what he does is, is that he has to circumcise you. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's a little too deep for y'all. The Bible says in Joshua chapter number five, in Joshua chapter number five, the men of Israel, the, the Bible says that, that they had to be circumcised a second time because all the men that were 20 years old and upward, they're at Canaan, they're getting ready to cross in, but they can't cross in until they're circumcised. They have followed Father Moses, but now that God has given them a new father by the name of Joshua, and in order for them to receive Joshua, they have to receive circumcision. It's different when you when you see circumcision is designed to happen when you can't remember. If it happened to y'all when y'all were babies, you don't remember. But when you're 20 years old and upward, oh, you've been carrying that flesh a long time. That flesh has become a part of you. But he said they would not be able to go into Canaan until you get rid of that thing. Why did they, why did they not circumcise them for, 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 for 20 years? They suspended circumcision because Israel had to keep moving. And see, there's something that we haven't dealt with y'all about because if we dealt with you, it would have stopped our momentum. So, so for a long time, God says, suspend all the rebuking, suspend some, there's some things that you didn't deal with, but in order for us to go into our next season, you're going to have to cut them. And he tells them, tell the men of Israel to sit still after they have been circumcised until every man is whole. And I said, God, why do they have to sit still until the whole house is whole? Because when a man has been cut and he keeps moving, he'll move out of his pain and call it the Holy Ghost. So you have to get somewhere and be quiet. Talk to God. You got to deal with what's going on. So I'm sure, I'm sure, 
I'm sure now that they start talking among themselves and say, wait a minute, Joshua's a preacher. He ain't been to nobody's medical school. How, how am I going to let him? How am I going to let him deal with the private area of my life? And so, so he has to be willing to, to uh, this, this morning session, no children, no children here. Uh, he has to be willing to unveil himself. And he has to be willing to be transparent with his leader and allow his leader to deal with the part of him that, has, that is very, very private. There's some things about you that, 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 that you know you need to deal with and sometimes God will touch the man of God and say they will never be able to go into their next season until they get rid of that high-minded spirit. They will never be able to go into their next season until they get rid of that bitterness and God will use the man of God to talk to you about the root of bitterness on the inside of you so that you can go into your next place. So circumcision was necessary, but then, and then, and the reason I like it that we're here, what should I say, rule, reign, conquer, subdue, is that you, you got to have, when you talk about rule, reign, conquer, subdue, it's about taking territory. It's about taking land. It's about making decisions that there is nothing that God has predestined for me that I'm going to leave out there. See, if you know anything about business, if you're a businessman, you never leave money on the table. If it's money to be made, I'm going to get that. Tell your neighbor there's some things that belong to me. And before this year is out, it's going to be in my possession. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but... I've been talking about it and saying maybe it's going to happen. But I feel a shift this weekend that not maybe it's going to happen. It's going to happen for me. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, so y'all be seated. So the Bible says Jesus is in the Jordan. He cannot go into his ministry until the voice comes out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He can't go into his ministry until he's affirmed by his father. And then the Bible says that the spirit of God, that the Holy Ghost overshadows him. It's a type of the garment of the covering of the father. That he's been covered by the spirit of God. And then, then not only that... <clears throat> He's clothed with power, but Paul has a son by the name of Timothy. Timothy had been taught the scriptures by his mother and by his grandmother, but he could not go into his ministry until he came under the hand of the apostle Paul. And Paul then became the conduit for the glory of God coming on him and him going into his next ministry. Listen, the Bible says that history gives us to know that that the church in Ephesus over which Timothy was the overseer grew to over 100,000 members. Paul never had 100,000 members in his church, but Paul was the reason that Timothy was where he was. And I want to tell you, your public accomplishments might outgrow your father, but you always have to remember you would never do it if it wasn't for him. So you have to, oh God, so you have to bring him his honor. So the job, the job of the man of God, the one that God has set over you in this prophetic season that we're in, he is, he is a connector. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but one of the things that I see in your pastor is that he connected to everybody. I don't know how he does it. Some, some he's done by business deals. Some he's done through the church world. Some he's done through social media. But it's a giftedness of connectedness. And, and whenever you have the giftedness of connectedness, you want the people around you to be connected. But what you don't want them to be connected to, you don't want them to be connected to Boo Boo the Fool. So, 
So God tells Ezekiel, I need you to prophesy. I want you to prophesy unto the people of the bones, or the people of the bones begin to make their right connection. And as he prophesied, the Bible said that the bone came together, bone to his bone. I'm sure that the foot probably touched the back, and I'm sure that the wrist probably touched the neck, but everywhere you touch is not where you're supposed to connect. And the problem with church folk is y'all connected in places you should have touched and kept moving. So he tells Ezekiel, continue to prophesy until they make their right connection. Now some of y'all don't realize what's going to be happening over the next day. Some of y'all are going to get into alignment because you're going to hear the word of the prophet and you're going to make the connection that you need to make. And you, oh gosh, y'all sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm ending, I'm ending with this and y'all see me tonight and perhaps tonight I'll preach. Uh, if I didn't preach this morning, blame on that boy right there. But listen. Uh, connections are so important. I used to fly. Uh, I used to fly from uh, Florida uh, to New York um, in ministry. I used to fly five five days a week. Uh, but you get married, that, that stuff will calm down. You'll, you'll see. Logo short team. But uh, but what would happen was I would always have to go through Charlotte or Pittsburgh in order to make a connection because I even though I had a ticket to go to New York, I had to go through the hub in order to make my connecting flight. See, some of y'all think that God sent you to pray for the church. He didn't send you to pray for the church. The church is your hub. Why is the hub so significant? Because at the hub, there are more flights with shorter distances to more destinations. And so he'll bring a little shotgun plane to a hub so he can bring enough of y'all together so he can send y'all out on a jet. And you could get there quicker than you would had you tried to do it by yourself. So even though God, even though God, God had predestined me, I had a ticket in my hand. When I got to the hub, if I walked around shopping because there's more to do in the hub than it is in a little small airport. And see, some of y'all ain't got a whole lot to do where you're from. So when you come here, you don't know how to make the connection quick. And see, if you walk around shopping, when it comes time for your plane to go off, you're going to get left behind. So you come to the hub, but you got to make your connection, which means I, I can say this. I can start walking out there on the runway, flapping my arms, talking about I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky, think about it every night and day. But that's not going to make me go to where I need to go. But the moment I get in that iron bird and take my seat, then the ability of that iron bird becomes my ability. And it supersedes the law of gravity, the law of thrust, and the law of aerodynamics. And before I know it, I'm out there in the atmosphere. And some of y'all don't realize there's some things you can't do. But because you made the right connection, you get ready to go to places you never would have gone. Things are going to happen that never would have happened. It's because you've connected to the right place. You've connected to the right place. So, I'm finished. Y'all be seated. Let me give you one more, one more, one more, just one more, one more, one more. Jeremiah chapter 315, we always do that. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. You know, he says in the day that, that I give you shepherds, uh, I'll give you shepherds after my own heart. Oh, y'all, y'all going to look at me like I'm crazy. Let's go, let's go to Jeremiah. Go to Je- go, Jeremiah chapter 3. Oh, y'all. Oh, y'all going with your bad self. Jeremiah chapter 3. Verse number They say, you ain't got no new no paper up in here, bass. Okay. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. My thing is you can't read 315 if you don't read 316. Go 316. Then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land. In those days, says the Lord, that they will no more say the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Come on. 17. 
uh, it shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it anymore, nor shall it be made anymore. Wait a minute. The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was so precious that they took it out to battle when they shouldn't take it out to battle, and thousands of people died because they mishandled the Ark of the Covenant. He said, in the day that I give you a shepherd, I'm going to do away with the Ark of the Covenant. Why am I going to do away with the Ark of the Covenant? Because in the Ark of the Covenant, there is manna. There's, there's bread for your everyday life. In the Ark of the Covenant, there's, there, there's the Ten Commandments. There's a message in the Ark. In the Ark of the Covenant, there's Aaron Ross that budded. There's a miracle in the Ark. But in the day that I give you a shepherd, the message is going to be in my man. Your miracle is going to be in my man. The bread for your everyday life, the manna is going to be in my man. He says, so in the day that I give you shepherds, they're not going to talk about the ark anymore. That's why they hadn't been able to find it. Archaeologists can't find it. You know why they can't find it? Because God said, I'm going to do away with it. Because every time he wanted to speak to them, he would come and sit on the mercy seat. The glory would fall on the ark and God would give them a word. But God said, when I give them a shepherd, I'm just going to let the Holy Ghost come on him. He's going to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, whatever he says is my word. Now we're ready. We're ready for tonight. <laughs> but I want, I want y'all to know something else. I feel, I feel so, I feel so, I feel so. That's all I'm going to say. I just feel so. I feel swift shifts. I feel sudden changes. I feel God about to revolutionize people's lives. But this is the key. The key is that you got to know what you're sowing into. If you give to the prophet in the name of a prophet, come on, I got it back there. But if you give to a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you're only going to get a righteous man's reward. Some people see this man of God as a righteous man. So that's why, that's why you've been limited in what you give. Or what you receive. Because if you see him as a preacher, the only thing you can get is a sermon. But if you see him as a prophet, you can get a word. I feel something in this room. And if I be a man of God, if the spirit of God is upon my life, I feel the sowing a little different this morning. Because I feel the Lord saying, I'm getting ready to make some changes. Some definite changes. But it's not because we're getting ready to sow into the conference. We're getting ready to sow into the man. I'm not going to sow into the orphanage. I'm going to give to my daddy. And when I take care of my daddy, God's going to cause something to come to my house that's getting ready to break out. Now, what you receive is determined upon the value of what you give. So now, I, I'm, not get, I'm not getting ready to take up the dollar offering. Y'all can do that another time. If that's what, you, if that's what you're holding on to, hey, listen. I need to, you to give something that produces faith. Because miracles are getting ready to be released. Some people are going to talk about you because they're going to think it's all about stuff. But you connect it to a mantle that not only gets you delivered, gets you healed, and gets you set free. Come here, baby. Take this. Hallelujah. You've been waiting on the Lord to move for a long time. And you've been telling the Lord, I can't even afford to go to this conference. That things have been so difficult for me. This has been my difficult season. But the Lord said, it's been a season of pruning. And what's getting ready to happen is that you're getting ready to bud. Everybody that spoke, 
everybody that said it wasn't going to happen is a liar because God brought you here for a reason and I come on, come on stand stand I want you just to make one revolution turn around turn around everything about you is getting ready to turn around everything 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 somebody give God praise everything ah am I okay everything every I felt you putting a demand on the inside of me I want you to touch your neighbor and say this is not your season to cry your crying season is over this is your season to rejoice because it's coming to your house it's coming to your house is she connected to you is she connected to you Okay, she, she say yes or no. I mean, I know what I feel. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, let me let me work a little bit more. I have to get permission, or or uh, you know, this is real new to you in some ways. Something's like really new. Uh, you you just like, why the Lord want to do this for me? Why why me? It's like, is it really real? Is it really real? The last year has been so much hell for you. But the Lord says, I've been getting you ready. He's been documenting, he's been documenting your torment so that in this next season, everybody that looks at you will have to say, I know it's God. I know it's God. I know it's God. I know it's God. I didn't come here for this. Am I okay? I want to tell y'all. There are miracle testimonies in this room. I don't do this all the time. I came to preach. I didn't come to do that. She was pulling on something. But I feel miracle testimonies in the room. And some of y'all, you gave your last to get here. But things at your house is changing. Things where you are is changing. The, the instruction I got from the Holy Ghost is that, 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 that the, the avenue, the, the, the portal... The, the channel that's going to get us blessed is by the gift that we give to the prophet tonight. Man of God, today, I honor you. But you know what? I, I, I really don't like being a user. But since I have the opportunity, I'm going to use you today. I'm going to use the anointing that's on your life. I'm going to use the mantle that's on your life. Because there's a mantle on him that's getting ready to bring triple fold. I said, not double fold, triple fold into your life. I need you to prepare your gift. If you're giving by Givelify, I still need you to take your phone and come touch this altar. The rest of you, I need you to prepare your gifts. You got instructions on how to give it. You've been doing it for a while. But man of God, I pray you get some of the biggest gifts you ever got. Because if it doesn't take faith, whatsoever thing is not a faith is sin. It's go- I need you to give an amount that, that stretches your faith. You might not get to go out to eat this afternoon. It's all right. Because the way you're going to eat in the next three months, you're going to say, oh, that weekend was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. Father, in Jesus' name, the release of the release of the supernatural. Family members are coming. Mm. New properties are being released. In the name of Jesus, healings are taking place in bodies. While, while I'm praying for everything else, let me pray for God just to totally heal your body. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes. Okay, now I want you to come from everywhere right now. I want you to prepare. Father, release the, release the blessing. 
and Jesus said, wait, 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 wait. Man of God, I'm only a voice. Will you come? I want you to stretch your hand out over your people. The same blessing that is on him. The same blessing of connectivity that's upon him. New connections are coming in your life. People that you thought would have nothing to do with you want to have something to do with you because of what God just put on you. Right now, will you come? At least touch the altar. Do something. Leave a gift. But man of God, we're going to bless you. I'm going to tip my pastor. I sow into him. So I sow into him. I sow into him. Hallelujah. Oh God, hallelujah. Oh God, hallelujah. Oh God, hallelujah. Now I need y'all to worship like it's coming. I need you to worship like God is doing it. Oh God, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, that's what I've been waiting for. That's right, son, just keep on doing what you're doing. As long as you make it, a few more of y'all need to get in this. If you need to get in there, I put something in this. Hallelujah. Oh! Sheke, kaba, sotolobolista. Hallelujah. The stretching forth of his hand is saying that everyone that gave, your stuff is covered. Bills are being covered. Home situations are being covered. New direction is being covered. You're going to get it this week. And God, I give you praise and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. If you put your hands down, if you're a pastor in this place, raise your hand. Pastors, I'm praying. I'm praying. Are you a pastor here? The flower, sir? You're your pastor. You throw your hands up. I don't know if you're a pastor. You're a pastor? You're a prophet? You're a prophet that want to pass? I'm going to leave you alone. Listen, I'm praying for God. Because of breakout in your ministry. Yeah, that, that you, you're not here by chance or by happenstance, but you've been looking for a breakout. You've been looking for the next level. You've been looking to, 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 to go through that ceiling, whether it's the ceiling of the 150 or the ceiling of the 250, or maybe it's the ceiling of the 50. Whatever the ceiling is, I shatter that ceiling and I pr- pronounce growth on you in the name of Jesus. That there'll be no problem with your budgets. And that God will raise up people who some way, somehow will use their power, their influence, and their ability on your behalf. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I don't know how I can do this. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't. Let me tell you what what I feel led to do. Mm. How many pastors over here? One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm getting ready to do it. I got to figure out how to do it. Are y'all going to be here tonight? I've never done this. I do it with the permission of I'm going to put, it's a nominal seed. I'm going to put something in your hand because I want it to be a sign to you that money's coming. I just want to, when, when I do it, it's not about the amount. It's about the fact that money's on the way to your door. 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 Come on, clap your hands for your pastor. Oh, come on, you ought to celebrate the man of God. You ought to celebrate the man of God. My goodness. I said celebrate. Y'all are patty. 
Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Ah, feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now, only at BJ's. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com.